Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Talking Harness WA with Morton Michael Radley on SEN Track. Yes, hello, it's Friday, which means two things, Gloucester Park and Talking Harness WA on SEN Track 657 and a big night tonight. It's Italian night and the preparations are well and truly underway as I welcome in Glenn Mortimer. You are there yesterday uh, and everyone was running around yes, <laughs> getting everything uh, ready, the fireworks. Should be a big night at Gloucester Park and uh, Michael, great to be here as always. Um, last week we finished up just on the wrong side of the ledger. Tell you what, lucky you threw out that five-unit bet at the end. Yes, that certainly helped. Uh, so down a couple of units, but uh, great win in the Norm's, claw- Norm's Daughter Classic by Born to Boogie, who was just camped over them waiting to pounce and promises to be a real exciting mare's classic. Oh, how good was Bill Catherine first Absolutely up? Absolutely massive. Really good aggressive drive by Junior and uh, didn't get beaten a great deal. So looking forward to that next week. But it was a Savelko weekend last oh, wasn't week. wasn't it? Two winners to Emily on Friday night, four to Shannon at Narragin on Saturday night, two to Emily at, at um, uh, Narragin. Then on Sunday, three each to Shannon and Emily at Collie, and they quenelled the Joe and Margaret Savelko Memorial Pace. Yeah. What a performance. Yeah, 14, I think 12 races over the two days, plus you throw in the couple from Gloucester Park. And Just <laughs> unreal. No, it was good. So... Looking forward to today's show as we uh, interrogate, I mean, uh, chat to uh, prominent owner and former well, he, analyst, Glenn Moore. He's a triple threat. He's, he's, a, he's a big owner. He certainly he's is. A, he's, he's, a great, the, he's a great form judge and he's the president of the Owners Association. He certainly is. Now, Michael, I'm going to need a little bit of counselling <laughs> okay. this morning. <laughs> Which isn't unusual, but <laughs> let's, do it, a, let's, let's do it on air, eh? This is a very serious <laughs> issue. On the way home last night, I popped into. See our man Sam Pinner at Liquor Barons yes, and Maylands, who yep. delivered the bad news. <laughs> yes. They're no longer making fosters in Australia. So <laughs> go very gentle with me uh, tonight, uh, today. Lucky, lucky you've got the pallet delivered the other day. So <laughs> Yes, so I'll be right for another couple of weeks. But um, before we have a chat with Glenn, it was great to see some of the young trainers and drivers wanting to get involved in what the future of harness racing looks like because we take that for granted as a punter we lose a few races we go on and do other things as an owner uh, just don't buy any more horses but as a as a trainer driver like some of these young fellas coming through they've got a lot of money invested in this industry so it's really good to see them wanting to get involved in harness racing which is great yeah. now michael yes um i know we've touched on this subject before but i just want to ask you one more time okay. Do you think we will be racing outside of Gloucester Park, Pinjarra, Bunbury, and maybe Northern in 10 years' time? I, I hope so. I, I don't think we'll be doing it as much because just because of uh, pressures on making sure that we sustain wagering to sustain stakes. But I'm hoping, I would hope so, that we're, we're racing outside those tracks. But I think those tracks would form the basis of the calendar and the others are more event event base, but yeah, that's, so, that's sort of 10 years down the track. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we would, tracks like Collie and Bustleton would just be a little, 
a meeting or two at the appropriate time for a couple or things like that? Well, well they've, they've only got a couple of the hours it is, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've got to race at the best tracks for wagering to get the best returns and that's, and that's what's got to happen. So I think, you know, as it evolves, there will be pressures on, on the tracks that aren't wagering anywhere near enough. To, to sustain stakes, but there's still probably a place for them. There, there still is a place for them, but where that place is and how often they race is, is what's going to be the big question going forward. And also how far people have to travel to get there because the, the, the population isn't at these tracks. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, what are you doing on Sunday? What are you uh, going to do to uh, <laughs> probably celeb- sleeping <laughs> to celebrate the maiden and only win by Better's Destroyer? Oh, the anniversary on Sunday. Oh, is it? Yes, <laughs> the anniversary. On it. <laughs> One and only win. Thought it might be party time at Radley's. So, <laughs> That's, well, yeah. Is it? Is it a year? It's been a year. And yeah. where's Cody? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what. We're going to save the rest of the questions because there's a couple I'd like to ask our, our guest man. this morning. Absolutely. All right, before we get into uh, Glenmore, this segment's brought to you by Bayswater Mazda. Driving is better in a Bayswater Mazda quarter of Guildford and Garrett Roads. Anthony, tell you what, he loves to get on Tab Touch Lounge, doesn't he? And, and, he, and he's good at it as well. He does. He's, he's a natural. A, he's got a lot to talk about because Bayswater Mazda are celebrating 50 years and the cars are amazing, Rads. And yeah. we know that. Yes, yeah, we do. Uh, you drive? Yes, you get chauffeured around in one. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So beautiful cars. Great team down there at Bayswater Mazda. They certainly are. All right. Our first guest oh, our, our first guest is Glenn Moore today. And before we speak to Glenn Moore, let's go back a week and tell you what, two very, very promising paces went head to head in Finvara and Jumpin' Jack Mack. And Finvara, he got in front early and he stayed there as we, go to, as we, as we listened to last week. Here's Finvara, too good for Jumpin' Jack Mack outside and they run through the third quarter in 27-8. Then Dominus Factum coming to the turn. Finvara's got the front. On the outside jumping Jack Mack is a metre away trying very hard. Clear of Dominus Factum. Chance Eclipse trying to get into the clear and then came out of something in the straight though. Finvara's got the lead. Jumping Jack Mack on the outside is trying very hard. It's Finvara in front though doing it well from jumping Jack Mack. Star of Willoughby flashes home for third I'd say. Uh, Dominus Factum fights on as well but Finvara races home to win it well. Finvara from Jumping Jack Mack and Star of Willoughby. Yeah, they ripped home 27-8, 27-7. And we're joined by one of the part owners in Glen Moore. And Glen, both those horses are very promising and plenty of upside for both of them. Yeah, good morning, boys. Good morning, listeners. Yeah, look, that was one of those races, wasn't it, that um, probably didn't unfold like everybody thought with the tactics, but... Um, I think uh, the Birdcage interview told us a little bit about Junior's mindset there, even though Senior had sort of indicated him to go forward with Jumping Jack and Finvara ease back. It all played out differently when they spoke to Junior in the Birdcage. He indicated he thought that Jumping Jack back didn't have to rush forward and uh, he'd win it either way from in behind or being pressing press forward. He thought there was a lot of pace underneath him. So... It turns out Pinbarra landed in front of him and that was the end of the penny section. And uh, Callan certainly took advantage of of that situation, stayed in front of them, worked forward, and all of a sudden you knew what you wanted to be on, that's for sure. Yeah, and and tell you what, both of them are very good. Jumping Jack Mack was was good in the derby last year. Finvara was probably 
bit behind those real good top three-year-olds. And then when they sort of all fell by the wayside, he took advantage in the West Bread. And since then, he's just kept on developing into a real top-class horse. I think the word developing is right. Uh, I think that he's been a work in progress. We've had a lot of trouble with his feet. And those feet problems have been slowly sorted out. He's got a special shoe on him. And that, that shoeing has probably helped him get confidence because even now you see every now and again he puts in a little rough one. But that's gradually being sorted out and he's um, he is showing that he's got plenty of staying ability as well as clearly he's very, very fast. Now, so we're very happy going forward. It's a matter of whether he gets there too fast for this year. Maybe this year's a bridge too far with the Cups, but we'll just see how he progresses. I'd probably be thinking a year too early, perhaps. Now, Glenn, you've touched on one thing, and I know you're a very big advocate for uh, Twitter on um, uh, on a Friday night. So, obviously, listening to those interviews, uh, like they did out in the bird bird cage, can be key to to a punter who wants to uh, get involved on a Friday night. Yeah, look, uh, it's been engaged very heavily. The support for that from the um, if you look at the Twitter statistics and who's actually watching after it's retweeted and the, and the amount of people that actually get engaged by it, um, there's certainly the regulars that directly go in and watch it. And I see those names up there. And a lot of those names up there are very big punters. And what happens, um, apart from the retweeting, where we get extra benefit and then we get extra benefit from the summary from Trent Cooper and Tom Buchanan on the track uh, to, to indicate... Um, to the punters, what the last word is from the birdcage to an extent, it pushes punters into confidence as to how the races are going to be run. So if you tune in 15 minutes out, you're getting the direct word from the drivers uninhibited because they know the other drivers can't hear what is being said. So you get very important information about who may lead and who may sit. And I can tell you from talking to a lot of those punters, big and small, if they're going to bet $50, they'll bet 100 If they're going to bet 500 they'll bet 1000 So that the amount of turnover you can generate directly from those people in, in itself is quite large. But the long-term benefits by engaging the general punter prior to the race in that last two minutes, we can jack that turnover right up and give them that last-minute information. A lot of these punters are watching race by race on Sky 1, and they're waiting for that bit of information that Trent or Tom can give them at the end. And if the inference is that something is going to lead, and they weren't too sure, they bet up. And that's the benefit of the product long-term. I think it's just one product that we can really encourage and grow. So, yeah, I've got a lot of confidence about it. It certainly is, because it encourages... uh... Uh, wagering, that's for sure. We see it at Gloucester Park. Is there any chance that we can see that rolled out to some of the other tracks, you know, in particular Pinjarra on a Monday, you know, with its time slot, it's it's kind of there, that 12.30 start, which in the eastern states is, you know, knock-off time, heading down the pub to have a have a bet. Is there any chance we can see that expanded out to some of the other tracks? Yeah, I, I believe that uh, Roa have got plans in place. It's about to go. I think there's been some technical issues with what equipment they're going to use um, because they don't necessarily want to have you know the full Friday night uh, costs involved, expenses involved, and how professionally that's run. But we can do it at um, certainly start off at Bunbury and Pinjarra and Gloucester Park midweek initially, and I'm sure the country clubs would be uh, very happy to pick it up 
as they go along. But those three clubs, if we get it started, those three sort of major clubs, uh, then it'll be an encouragement a bit midweek as well. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that as well for sure. Now, one of the big questions, we might have to get the cone of silence down for this one, but how is the bull, go- how is the bull coming along? I know everybody would be uh, waiting with anticipation to see if he's coming back in time for the big races. Yep. Uh, the news there is he'll have his first track run tomorrow morning after his setback. He's been treated and seemingly responded well to treatment. So that's good news in itself. But with the hurdle will be the next couple of track runs will probably tell us. So Saturday morning, um, by next week, we should get a report. You're probably worth talking to Senior maybe next week about this as to where he's placed after these track runs. Wednesday uh, will be second track run, so he should know whether he's on song. Of course, if we're not happy, we would just stop with him at that point and put him out. But around the stables and everything, uh, jogging-wise, he's going really well. So we're encouraged for sure at this stage. We just want to get past tomorrow morning and see where we're at. Yeah, it'd be great to have him back, the Bulls, particularly for those Cups races. And uh, we've got Hurricane Harley over here. I don't know whether the copy that'll get here. It'd be great to see him over here. Um, but obviously, magnificent storm coming back and, you know, minstrel and those type of horses. So uh, hopefully that uh, by the time we get to the Cups, we've got, a, we've got all the big names back and, and racing, which would be great to see. Tonight, you've got a few horses going around, um, Glenn. Um, in the main race, you've got Wild West. What do you think he's, of his run second up last start? Yeah, well, Hampton Bennett did dictate that race, uh, and in fairness, uh, he did the job and got got the job done. But I think had um, Wild West have not got hoisted on the corner, he probably would have won. You know, clearly he's the top of horse, doesn't handle the bends that well. And when uh, Eldon Trigg got out and, and uh, Aidan the camp, I gave Eldon Trigg every mortal hope by coming out, and he looked a little bit of a threat himself on the corner. But in coming out of that psychological spot, he just got Wild West up the track, bit unbalanced and probably lost momentum in a length and a half and then he really found the line strong late. This race tonight sort of doesn't really map to suit him unless there's a lot of pressure. It sort of looks like Bletchley Park's probably going to find the front. Junior's probably going to try and get off that fence as quick as he can. Where he lobs will be interesting with uh, Hurricane Harley because Bletchley Park's able to dictate it. You can sort of see him getting away with this and... uh, Hurricane Harley probably would need to be maybe one out and one back to pick him up. So whether he can get off and get that spot, I thought the Bond horses might keep going forward there. And um, it's, it's going to be a bit of cat and mouse early whether both Bond horses go forward or not. And that is uh, very important for Hurricane Harley, whether Junior can position up at that point with Hurricane Harley in terms of where he's going to be in running and Bletchley Park. You would assume Bracken Sky would, would sit on uh, Bletchley Park. Oh, you would have thought so, yeah, absolutely. And then in race eight, got a great last start winner and a horse by the name of You're So Fine. It, to me, it looks like it's a fairly easy assignment uh, tonight. Do, do you agree with that, Glenn? Yeah, never easy probably, but on, on pace value, you're probably right. Um, clearly, uh, Paul Edward uh, would be the cheeky one and it looks like he could find a fairly easy lead. I wouldn't underestimate him because he can run fast sectionals. So it would appear you're so fine we'll have to sit outside him and they'll run a bit of time there. So I don't think it'd be a walk in the park, but his class, clearly he's got speed and staying ability. So um, 
He, he probably surprised Junior a bit first up. Junior was a little bit 50-50 about where he was, whether he was ready or not first up. Senior was more buoyant, um, but he went sensational, really. You know, like uh, it was pretty exciting to watch him, considering uh, the amount of work he did and uh, the way he put him away was very authoritative. Paul Ed was in that race, but he, it was very hard to make ground. This time, Paul Ed would be in front of him, so it'll be interesting tactically to watch, that's for sure. Not unusual for junior and senior to disagree on something. <laughs> no. Well, the Finvara jumping jack Mac was the classic example, wasn't it? Exactly. And then, of course, we've got uh, one of the uh, one of the be- one of the great horses in your stable, a horse by the name of King of Swing, who oh, yeah. trialled the other day and uh, ran a nice little soft fourth behind Expensive Ego and a leisurely one fifty four point nine. It sounds like Luke McCarthy was fairly happy with the run. Yeah, it did ring Luke afterwards. Um, he, he looked pretty good. It looked like he, to the naked eye, like it was just a hit out and he didn't want to knock him around. He just gave him a little flick up. And he said, yeah, look, um, that was his intention, the 26-7. Very happy with him. You know, the heart rate when he pulled up was very good indeed, like he'd never been around. So he's quite happy. He didn't necessarily want to give him a run prior to the inters. So he'll just go through... 27th of November is the first set of heats. And then you've got the 1st of December, the 5th of December, and the final on the 11th. So, yeah, look, he believes that he's exactly where he wants him to be. And he's extremely happy with the trial. I said to him, could you have uh, got a lot closer? He would have beat him if I'd opened him right up and asked him to do it earlier and got him his mind on the job. So even though he ran fourth or four, uh, he said that, uh, no, he's very happy with him indeed. I'll tell you what, it's it's his intervention to lose, I think, Glenn. He's currently on tab touch 240. Expensive Vigo, yep. $4. Triple Eight is at $13. Matt Da Vinci is 16 Now, with all due respect, my mate owns Matt yep. Da Vinci and Scott McDonald. Um, he, he wouldn't be able to keep up with him. And he's fourth favourite. Mm. Like, it, it's not, it's not, it's a it's a week in a dominion, and and that's and there's a there's a lot of reasons for that. Bit travel, and yeah. you know we're not going over. The Kiwis probably haven't measured up this year. Copy of that's not going. He's probably the just about the best of them. Um, so it, it's it's I would I would think, Glenn, that it's his to lose, and the stable made expensive ego is the one to beat. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, expensive ego to me would be the main one. The only thing I'd say about that is on paper. 100%, if you were talking about maybe one race and you were heading into it with that field, you know, yeah. he would be the obvious one to win. The only other thing I'd say about this series being the three runs and all the travelling, Bathurst, Newcastle, it's a different dimension. And, of course, uh, he's a ball. Yeah. So the only query would be he hasn't done the Inter-Dominions yet, so you've got to get the, the three runs or four runs in. To win the Inter Dominion Grand Final in two weeks, so that's that's one and, of the tests of the Inter Dominion. Yeah. So it's unknown. And, and this year you have to travel, so there's Bathurst and also Newcastle yeah. in there. Yeah. So, um, but that, to that say that would be the query but, only with yes, what you're saying. Yes, but saying that certainly though, on class. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd think he'd be able to bull, bully he's, most of them. He's, he is <laughs> streets uh, streets in front now, Glenn. Before you go, is yeah. there any uh, quick update on the? sale of the TAB and how that's progressing and what the plan looks like? Yep. All the eligible bodies um, will be meeting from Tuesday for the first meeting and we go into a process of, with an open mind of evaluating 
what is best for the industry and what is the best for the industry to keep the TAB or to sell a TAB will be dependent on how good the deal is for the three codes and ongoing future for the racing industry. So we're going with an open mind, but the process starts this Tuesday, um, chaired by, I think, Jeff Ovens and uh, Reese Whitby's the Minister for Racing. So we'll, we'll go there with an open mind and look at all the options about how we can sustain the racing industry three codes into the future. And good luck getting our 20% back, please, uh, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, we're fighting for the 20%. We believe the owners, for that stake money that went missing uh, during COVID, we made the sacrifice. The owners did have to pay full training fees during that period of time. We think that the owners should directly be paid that 20% straight in as a gratis payment, a COVID payment, if you like, outside the handicapping system for the three codes. And I think uh, you'll be a lot of happy owners and give a lot of confidence into the future. Yeah, sure. And uh, we, I think it's really important that um, you guys are championing that as the owners' association, and, and moving forward and, and trying to trying to represent all the owners and, and for the best result. Uh, before you go, you're obviously on the preview on Tab Radio every Friday morning. What's your best bet for Gloucester Park tonight? Yeah, I was, I was thinking um, Fancy Dance. You know, this will be price dependent, but Fancy yeah. Dance might get out a little bit of the market. I like it tonight. I thought Glenleddy Chief, uh, also in race seven, number six, Glenleddy Chief, hard to beat. And for the value, probably, I'm leaning a little bit in race four, number seven, the Star of Diamonds, around six or seven dollars Star of Diamonds. And I thought the favourite was a touch unders there, even though it's going to be hard to beat, the turvy horse. But Star of Diamonds each way around about the six to seven dollar mark. So it's a good each way bet. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Always great chatting to you. And, uh, mate, big important meeting coming up next Tuesday with the, the privatisation meeting. So, mate, good luck uh, and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers for that. Good on you. Glenn Moore, who's the president of the Owners Association, also one of the big owners of the Gary Hall stable and hasn't he had some great horses, including King of Swing, who's the favourite for the Inner Dominion. Well, but if you want to have a look, uh, Radley, yeah. I'm the mighty queen. Oh, yes, it's it's a couple, there's a couple. Chicago Bull. Yeah. Bodine Boaz. Yeah. Elder Cristiano, yeah. King of Swing, Major Trojan. <laughs> want me to stop now? We're going to run out. Of, we're going to run out of time. I think we could be here all day. No, but it, like anything, contrib- contributes a lot to harness racing. He does. He's very passionate yeah. with the Harness Racing Owners Association, yeah. and does um, a great job for the Owners Association. He does. And he's a good. He's a big punter. Yep. Yep. It's involved. And great judge. Other people involved. So great judge. Great to be part of the industry. Yep. Now also, he's almost as lucky as you as an owner. Almost. <laughs> because. Did you, just, did you just see that list I just read out? <laughs> Major Martini, Tricky Mickey, <laughs> Mighty Ronaldo. There he goes, okay. <laughs> but one horse who's making his way back to the track after a long time, and you must have been really excited on Wednesday night, is Rock and Roll Lincoln. That was just great to see. Although at the 400, I wasn't thinking exactly the same, but yeah. uh, he looked like he couldn't keep up with the one in front. Yeah. But um, he just cruised up down the straight and um, got his head in front. And as Justin said, if he if he had have opened him up, he, he would have put a few lengths on him. But 
There was no need, just a nice soft trial, and it was just great to see him back. Yeah, I think Junior was just foxing with him, and he's just and you couldn't tell how he was travelling because there was a yeah. he's obscured a little bit. But once he had come up the straight, and he was just he had a big grip on him. He, yeah, was he just trucked up to him. But great, to, great see. to see him back to the track as we go to the break. Here he is, rock and roll Lincoln with his first trial in how many? Is it two years, two and a half, three? Uh, two years. Two years. As we go to the break, here is rock and roll Lincoln at Pinjarra on Monday. First time back at the track in preparation for his race day, uh, race return in, in a couple of weeks. Jonathan has now conquered the front runner, 29.6. Third quartering road, looking to come away from the market pegs. Rock and roll Lincoln. Albiner on the track was uh, Lord Roskell as they come into the straight. Ideal Abbey was next, but Sweet Madison comes into the straight in front. On the outside, Rock and roll Lincoln is moving into second place. Albiner on the track, Lord Roscoe. I'm in a pickles gone, running on from the back of the field, Lincoln Joel. Rock and roll Lincoln loomed up alongside the mare. Sweet Madison takes the lead. Rock and roll Lincoln wins by about a neck at the line second was Sweet Madison third we had Lord Roscoe Lincoln you're listening to Talking Harness WA with Morton Michael Radley on SEN Track sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise that's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money you can get what you need now get back on the road safely and pay for it later Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. 